Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk, along with my co-host, Miss Diamond Creekbaum. Spelled Annie, pronounced Diamond. Pronounced Annie. No. Spelled Diamond. Oh, right, right, right. According to the bot that transcribes our podcast every week. <laughs> and this is actually the first in a new format that we are exploring when we have guests, which is that we're just going to bring in people who know their shit and who have something to say and can really elevate the conversation, <laughs> the proceedings with another perspective on the beauty industry, on the top stories. We're going to just kick around the stories of the week. And we've been waiting to unveil this format for the right person, the right person to come join the roundtable. And finally, our schedules aligned and Darian Harvin, who's known as just at Darian on Instagram. I thought she was like a very famous person just because her name was just at Darian. Like she was obviously in on the ground floor of, very rare. of Instagram. Very rare. And I found out though that she does have a last name. It's Darian Harvin. She is an alum of such organizations as BuzzFeed and Yahoo News she has mastered social for a lot of brands that you guys all know, but now she's taken a minute away from writing her very popular beauty newsletter, Beauty IRL, and she's writing a book. And she's writing the kind of book that you actually make money to write. This is like the kind of book that people buy that will be at the checkout station probably. Are you verbally subtweeting me? Uh, why? Because <laughs> you're trying to write a book. <laughs> The book that I've talked about writing for 10 years. Yeah, no. Darian's Mm, writing a book mm. that like she's going to finish that has like a beginning mm, that that people people want. want. Oh, okay. It's about 50 black female icons and she'll tell us about that. But first, I just want to bring her on right away so that she can just sort of get in the mix. Hey, y'all. So happy to be here. We're so happy to have you. First things first, how are you? We do a little banter in the beginning. We want you to feel a part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. I'm feeling good today. I woke up. I did my meditation, honestly. I'm like big into meditation. Oh, that sounds so bad. What kind do you do? I'm big into meditation. Well, (laughs) I started with the Calm app. That was like my base ground. So I don't have a type. I feel like there's like kundalini meditation or different kinds. But That's one where you get to wear that like chic white outfit. Yes. So I don't do that, but I use the Shani Nicholas app. And I feel like from there, it has just honestly blossomed into sometimes I just do music. I've also realized that sometimes even just doing stuff intentionally can be a meditation, you know? I find that with cooking. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have a mantra? Oh, oh my God. Are you not allowed? Do people not not share their mantra? You're not supposed to say it. Oh, got it, got it. But I don't. It's like a wish if you tell it, it doesn't come true. (laughs) Like a birthday. No. I feel like I do. I should honestly think about that more. I feel like I have a, I'm someone who kind of sometimes I choose like words for the month. And Mm. that's kind of my mantra or my intention. Like in January, my word was actually discipline. And I wanted to like reframe that word and what it meant in my life and it not actually feel like this hard crass very like masculine trait and more discipline being about like what I call like soft focus (laughs) which is to me like this mix of both 
understanding your priorities, but also knowing that there are other things I do in my day that are not me sitting at my computer, like grinding out words that should be a part of my workflow, of my discipline. And so it's like learning how to reprioritize and get things done, but without feeling like it needs to be as intense. I'm a very intense person. I don't know if you can tell, but like. (laughs) No, you actually seem very calm. I always like find it so mystifying how someone can be a freelance writer. Even just saying freelance writer freaks me out because how do you like set goals and rules and boundaries? And like if I was sitting at home all day with my eat a lot of chips and snacks Mm -hmm. and then I would probably like watch a little bit of Real Housewives and go on Facebook and shop and add stuff to your cart. Never check out. Definitely shop. And definitely look at porn and then probably have done no writing. So the fact that you even have a word of the month. In the middle of the day? I mean, there's never a wrong time to look at porn. Yeah, Um, like vibes. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the fact that you have a word for the month tells me all I need to know about how you approach freelance writing. Can we do one more bit? Because everybody knows everything about me and Nick that listens to this podcast. But in order to like provide the best context of where you're coming from, from a beauty angle specifically, what mm-hmm. is kind of like the nutshell of how you approach beauty and what shaped that approach? Yeah. Okay. That's a really good question because that I feel like I have a whole mantra slash philosophy around. Okay. My approach to covering beauty has really been about expanding what we decide to include as what is relevant within the conversation to both like power, agency, and choice in how so many of our values and who we develop into is often a reflection of our beauty practices or our choices or essentially like how we decide to show up. And that is like very complicated. It's a very individual thing. And that is a practice in itself that is constantly changing. And so for me, ultimately, I think that I talk about culture through the lens of beauty. Yes, beauty is skincare, hair, nails, makeup, personal care items, but it's also talking about gender, sexuality, music, specifically athletes. I think athletes are the actual beauty influencers, which is a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. But like there are so many different ways that we can honestly use beauty as a touchstone to really talk about all of these topics that we say that we care about, like diversity and inclusion, but do it in a way that is more nuanced because beauty is individual, but it's also collective. And in the sense of, I think it's a great way to have conversations and to hear what other people think. It's like the best icebreaker question. Like what's your routine? Because everyone, no matter like how low maintenance they say they are, everyone has something to say about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even this morning, right? It's like, okay, last night was like a retinol night. So last night I did my retinol. I don't put on any other serums. I'm actually out of toner right now. I need to get a new toner. So I did not put on any toner, but I put on two different like facial moisturizers. Like one is Medic 8, which is like a UK brand. The other one, I'm blanking on on the name of it. Is it retinol prescription retinol? No, it's not. Oh, I do have health insurance right now, but it's not the great kind where I can get that prescription for like 10 bucks. Yeah. So right now it's actually Medic 8. And also I have found that there are great brands that aren't prescription brands, even though that those are the kinds that, you know, tretinoid and things I would prefer. But, you know, I don't use an oil at night because I just kind of feel like 
oils don't always do for me what I think they... No, that's a lie. Sometimes I do use oils, but I like to use face creams. Sometimes I will do the ever popular now, like what we're calling slugging Mm. or, you know, just that overlayer. I don't always do that when I use my retinol. It all just honestly depends. But even, you know, this morning, I just kind of did like a freshen up of my face. I put on like my Paula's Choice Niacinamide, just like literally the booster because I'm always fighting hyperpigmentation. Do you wear makeup on a normal day? No, I don't. I don't. I'm not a stitch. Not a stitch. I do when I go to events, but even now that is like forcing myself to put on makeup. Not that I don't love makeup, but I'm like a very quick and easy girl. I just honestly like my face. Like I like my face. I like the way it looks. And sometimes I'm like, can I pull off a bare face glow? Am I Alicia Keys? Like, no. But in my mind, I like to think that I don't look horrible without makeup on. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Have you come to that confidence recently or is that just a a natural born confidence? I think that I came to it more over COVID, honestly. (laughs) Even if it was like a skin tint, I don't even do any longer because it's just an extra step. And honestly, like I devote a lot of time right now to working, to getting things done, to being efficient and even just the creative work that that takes, right? I know you guys can both relate to that is it's like, there's so many moving parts throughout my day. I'm thinking about five things at once, like, and I have to be good at all this stuff. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I was just thinking, so my husband, he does aesthetic dermatology, injections, lasers, fillers, Botox, et cetera. And I don't get any of it really that often like and you would expect that given my close access and zero fee I would be getting it all the time but I'm actually not a vain person and I am a lot of things but I'm not that vain like I can go around looking like a schlub I just don't think about (laughs) it that much like he has patients who'll be like oh my god like this one little area on my forehead is kind of crinkling still like I'm never looking that close at my face. Maybe that's a lack of confidence or maybe that is a lot of confidence. I don't know. I don't know. Some of it, I wonder if if it's like an LA thing. Like when you said like walking around like a schlub, I'm like, honestly, sometimes I do that too because I'm getting in and out of my car. Oh, and now we have masks on. Oh, love it. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we should get into top stories because I feel like we could do this all day. Yeah, we could. This is a top story based on an article that came out in the New York Times last weekend by Alex Hawgood. And the the title of the article was, What is Bigorexia? And essentially, it's an article about how teenage boys, believe it or not, are like negatively impacted by constantly seeing these like fitfluencers on Instagram with huge muscles. The sort of like headline is that they're getting... It's called muscle dysmorphia or bigorexia, where you're just preoccupied with feeling too skinny, trying to eat like a really, really strict diet that will make you look like the guys on Instagram. Did they talk about steroids at all? Or this is all done through like really strict meal planning and like protein, carb loading. Yeah, I mean, they talk about like shakes and chicken and rice. And I follow a couple of these guys that I think are hot. They'll be like, this is the most delicious meal. You take a banana, you add three eggs and protein powder and you bake it. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then it'll just mm-hmm. like be like a blob and it's like banana bread. And I'm like, that's not banana bread. But I could imagine if you were 16 and you were seeing this stuff, you're like, okay, like this is the way to do it. I find this interesting because, well, number one, you know, I've often feel like when we talk about body image, it is normally around anorexia and bulimia as it relates to women, right? And so for me, it was interesting, honestly, to read this story. And also in many ways, it's a glimpse into a TikTok algorithm that I don't see, right? And Mm -hmm. for me, I think about getting swole. I think about Drake, right? And the um, glory that he has received for his body. I think about all of these different ways where we have really seen both. Or Kumal Nanjani. Yeah, Remember when so, he yeah, had all that these picture? Yeah, movies that are Yeah, and he like, just got super jacked for the Marvel yeah. movie. And so it's like all of these things matriculate under the category of lifestyle content, right? And I think that I am both like concerned, honestly, because if I was a 16 year old boy and this is what people were telling me were was cool or this was acceptable or this is ideal, it's basically like the rebuilding of an archetype of a man that is also probably very attached to hypermasculinity. Yeah. Slash toxic masculinity. Yes, toxic hypermasculinity. And so it's like both worrisome and an eye again into like this algorithm combo I don't I don't see it's actually funny you say that because during the height of the pandemic I downloaded TikTok actually probably like the first height there have been many like peaks but this was like Mm -hmm. the first peak and I started following all those shirtless guys doing the you know savage dance and it actually I did delete TikTok and have to stop and the TikTok algorithm is so good that it just feeds you more and more and more of like the exact it makes you obsessed Yes, it makes you obsessed. And so I had to delete it and start fresh. And then I was like, you know what? I want musical theater. I want Ariana Grande before she was famous. I want Mariah Carey. I want like literally Casey will hear it because he's like, I know when you're on TikTok because it's like songs from Rent. (laughs) It's like a mirror sometimes. It's too, it's like even the things you actually haven't admitted to yourself or other people about a characteristic trait yeah. The person saying the thing or who has been bold enough to do it or whatever or delusional enough to say it is like now in front of your face on TikTok. I didn't think that I liked extraction videos, but I'll I watch them until either, the end. But I like I I'm like, oh, my God. Like I that know. ingrown hair. Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's some that I can't on Reddit. They started extracting their tonsils. <gasps> oh, wow. It's disgusting. Anyway, we don't, but it's funny. Earlier, you mentioned, Nick, you mentioned like not being obsessed with your, you know, the little line in your face, like these little details in your skin, or like these guys that are like obsessing over their bodies and this, you know, pursuit of TikTok perfection. I've noticed it too. Like, I, I'm like a huge Redditor, and I've like noticed people on like the skincare forums posting like a up close photo of their nose that nobody would ever be that close to them in their lives. And like, what do I do about these huge pores on my nose? It's like, that is just, and it's so funny because you see the backlash. Like, Is it insecurity or vanity? That's, no, I, guess, I think my it's, question. no, it's content consumption. They're seeing all these people with filters that like look perfect. And then they look at themselves and they're saying like, oh, why am I falling short? It's something that 
apparently I can fix if I just find the right product or get the right advice or do the right procedure. And it's this like repetitiveness that's creating obsession, which is kind of crazy. And then I think the other theme that I'm noticing from this like bigorexia article, and I read in um, your newsletter, you talked about the BBL craze. Mm -hmm. Have you also read recently, I've seen people comment on like, oh, did the Kardashians reverse their BBLs? Like they're looking smaller now. For the uninitiated, BBL is Brazilian butt lift where they take fat from another part of your body and then Mm -hmm. spin it to like purify it or whatever and then inject it into your butt. So like when people were saying like, oh, Kim Kardashian got ass implants, she could be like, I actually did not. That's a lie. It's (laughs) all natural. Well, it's because it's her fat that's just been (laughs) repurposed, right? It's kind of commonly accepted about the Kardashians that they've all had BBLs. I'm not like saying anything controversial here, right? No, 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 you're not for sure. (laughs) It's been so hard for me to specifically pay attention to the conversation around if they have minimized their BBLs or not, not because I don't think it is important to note, but because there are so many veils over their lives and circumstances and things that I don't know about them that I think that sometimes, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this too, but like there have been times where I've worked on a story and it has really just opened my eyes to actually realizing that even what we almost all accept as facts and truths around the Kardashians is actually not that they're wrong, but that it's much darker than that. And I think that I personally cannot tell whether she has or she hasn't reduced her BBL, but I would not be surprised if that was the case because they have ultimately always founded a part of their image on not being trendsetters or the first, but definitely on distinguishing themselves from other women. And I think that also like the psychotic thing about it as well that I see is that when you see a lot of BBL content, it is around Black women getting BBLs. And I think that there is something around the face of BBLs now becoming truly of like Black women in their, whether they're horror stories or they're just women who are open about what they have received, that I wonder how much of that is a turnoff to the Kardashians who also love to dip and dab in like hood culture and and in Black culture, so. I always found the show like, too toxic and too overly produced and too dumb like i can do like a real housewife but i can't do the kardashians as a show but i've always been i guess upset that they are so unapologetic about how much they appropriate and like how they try something on that is not from their race as a trend you know what i mean like they've all literally all of them have had cornrows at some point right yeah (laughs) Well, I think they often attribute it to a lack of context and knowledge. Like they don't. So being dumb is the excuse. Yeah, I I think that ultimately being dumb and silent, like not ever truly addressing it in a way that is about responsibility, not ever addressing it in a way that is like, oh, I finally read this or, oh, I finally spoke to someone who had a different experience than me or like, oh, I met someone who does not have my circumstances in life. And I say that because I actually think that that is why a lot of trends get kind of, or not even trends, a lot of maybe like practices or things that are that originate within Black American culture are appropriated because there's just a lack of context and therefore there is a lack of appreciation, right? About how you can show appreciation or inspiration from somebody else's culture without just like looking tacky. 
and yeah. making yourself look dumb. And somehow they've been <laughs> able to, it's not even control the narrative, but I feel like their response whenever people are calling out their hypocrisy is that it's just like haters and like, I'm doing my best and like social media tries to tear you down. And it's like, okay, but like Khloe Kardashian, three years ago, you were doing flat tummy tea and trying to sell like caffeine and green tea as like a rapid weight loss pill. Yeah. I feel like that is the card. There is, is there a Kardashian orexia where you're like, you basically lose touch with what an actual woman looks like, particularly a Caucasian woman. And you're just like, because you look at the Kardashians, you're like, I don't know what is God given and what is doctor given. I think the Kardashians are like one of the main players in the algorithm. They're like a main character, right? But like zooming out, like think that it is the algorithm. Like, because I'm also seeing if we're talking about like body image trends and like the way that we see our bodies, because now it's really weird how like easy body modification is, whether it's through like crash dieting or plastic surgery becoming more common or non-invasive procedures or like the outfits that we wear. It's like that Mew Mew tiny little skirt. I think we're going to notice like a point in time where that shifted everybody to want to be like really skinny again. Yeah. You know, which we're already seeing with the low rise jeans, which I personally haven't seen anybody in any low rise jeans myself, but no. I'm going to be honest, I went through like a little bit of a dark time where um, (laughs) it was after I left Glossier, didn't have a job, and I was like, let's get weird. I bought an Abercrombie miniskirt on eBay, and I did the whole summer in a low-rise, like tiny little denim cutoff miniskirt. How did it feel? Um, It felt incredible. I liked (laughs) the attention. I liked Mm. that people were like, what the fuck? And now I can say with confidence, oh, like I did that first. But I don't want to be a part of the problem with it. I was also like had a really intense eating disorder that summer. I, I mean, really, like that mini yeah. skirt look is it's interesting when it becomes a trend. Like it looks good on some people naturally. But like that Mew Mew skirt is like shockingly concerning to me. My issue with the Mew Mew skirt is not so much the existence of the skirt. I feel like it's such a deep issue because it's like, OK, then we as a culture and specifically like within fashion and beauty culture, will like put Paloma, who's a quote unquote plus size model in that skirt on the cover of magazine. And then it's okay. I was just about to say that is that the main difference we are now seeing with low rise jeans in these styles that feel very nostalgic of the early 2000s is now we are seeing different body types within this skirt. Right. And I'm like, okay, Is it about it making it better or is it really about a statement of like anyone can wear the skirt if they feel like it and that's the end of the discussion, you know? And that's when I even like when I tell you it's very hard for me even to know whether the Kardashians reduce their BBLs or not because the motives are never something that I feel are truly articulated to us as the public, right? Is Mew Mew doing this because they understand the times and they understand that they have to be different body types <laughs> within the skirt? But they also do know that there's a marketing strategy behind that as well. So, yeah, I think it's shocking to see, right? Yeah. I don't think they sent anybody down the runway wearing the skirt that didn't have a 24 inch waist, right? This actually brings up another point, which I wanted to make on the podcast, which Annie was like, you'll get so far canceled. But I feel like I can bring it up in a responsible way, which is like Victoria's Secret rebranding with like, you know, Victoria's Secret Collective. And it's like someone in a wheelchair, someone on crutches, like someone who's big, someone who's small, someone who's short, someone. And that doesn't like. <laughs> erase 
the like 25 years of incredibly toxic marketing that the organization did, like just a statement that like, oh, wait, no, no, now Victoria's Secret is for everyone because we like put some not quote unquote perfect bodies in our clothes that were now inclusive. It's like, is Miu Miu inclusive because they like made a skirt that like for Paloma to wear on the cover? No, it's like Miu Miu's not an inclusive brand. It's for like incredibly skinny people. They don't make size. Literally, you can't go into a Miu Miu store and buy anything bigger than probably like a size eight. Wow. Yeah. That's the thing too around like how long does it really take or what does the effort actually look like for a brand like Victoria's Secret to truly embrace all body types? And is that even something that like as a brand has been around for decades, is that even something they are able to accomplish under the name Victoria's Secret? No. (laughs) Celebrity beauty brands of 2022, slightly moving topics. Who do you make space for in your brain and who do you not? So this is just the list of within, Mm -hmm. let's call it Q1 of 2022. We had Harry Styles pleasing. We had last week K skin by Winnie Harlow. Gwen Stefani's relaunching makeup. Scarlett Johansson has the outset. Machine Gun Kelly has that nail polish. Lori Harvey has a skincare brand. And Lala Vasquez, a.k.a. Lala Anthony, has a hair brand. And that's just in 2022. I know we're leaving people out from 2021, but we wanted to keep it clean. Do you make time for any of these people or these brands? Oh, okay. I would make time for Harry Styles. Interesting. Because... This is when the marketing and the favoritism and all of my little opinions certainly come to play. So I want to say that I can tell when the products of a brand are very connected to the style and taste of a certain person and when they're not. When I look at some of the products that Harry Styles has come out with that are around like nail polish, right? Also, he just did an amazing campaign or the brand just did an amazing campaign with Fleetwood Mac that I saw yesterday and is now like the header on the site. It is these kind of like signifiers that let me know that you are interested in not just beauty, but you can have an older man who granted is like, he is a legendary artist, right? Like to me, that is just an interesting thing that is letting me know that you're not just living within a vacuum of the beauty industry, but you are very interested in bringing these different people together that is both like unexpected, but makes sense. And so I feel very drawn towards like people who know how to do that. And that's a sidebar, but I like that with Harry Styles, it's like, nail polish, which is a whole, like, guys, nail polish is, like, a whole thing in itself, right? But also, it's not necessarily, like, routine-based. I like that he just made little interesting trinkets and things that feel like more of a compliment to maybe what you already do, like the nail balm, or he also has this roller serum that's for lips and eyes and feels dual and is something that you can carry around versus it's, like, Scrap your entire routine and start using this. There's something like innovative or like interesting. Okay, so devil's advocate and Mm -hmm. just full disclosure, I've been relatively negative about Harry Styles in the past. Okay, Okay, great. I love this. I love this. Great, great. Isn't it nice that a white, cis, straight male 
is making nail polish. That must be so comfortable for him to like that the most privileged person in the entire world that can hide behind white and being cis and being straight and a guy can like make nail polish and have that be interesting. You're right, because oftentimes, and you know what, I'm just going to say it. I forget that he is a cis male. Yeah. I'm saying that as like me, Darian, not as a defense, but as like that is 100% valid and true. And because he has been playing these lines of gender and clothes and fluidity, even if that's not his actual identity. Right. On camera. Like when he's doing a British Vogue shoot, he like wears a dress and it's like, oh my God. But it's not like there's pictures of him walking down the street in LA wearing dresses. Right. Wow. I mean, honestly, you just (laughs) honestly bring a lot of this full circle because it still played into him being able to create this brand. No, I agree. I mean, I'm obsessed with Lil Nas X. And I'm like, okay, if yes. Lil Nas X launched nail polish, he wears it. It feels like it was something he's probably worn for a really long time. Like Harry Styles, we kind of saw for a lot, you know, when he was a kid. And he wasn't like he was gender bending when he was like in one direction when he was like 15. He was just like a shaggy haired dopey kid. I-, I don't know. Like, I just, I find it. The fact that we're all like, are we buying this because it's Harry Styles and he like has the best creative team that you can buy? Are we mm-hmm. buying it because that these products are innovative? I think what you're saying, though, about him not just presenting us with a new like skincare routine or like a full makeup collection was interesting. It was more like hero product yeah, strategy versus palsy with her about face. It was like a whole makeup collection. I feel like then... You're kind of neither here nor there. But like right. to come out with like certain things is kind of interesting. So I agree on that. Yeah, that's what I'm also just personally into right now is can you make one thing that hits? Like that to me is street cred. And then also I was going to say someone who I don't think I would actually buy or try it unless maybe it was gifted to me was Winnie Harlow just because I actually – do think it makes sense that she made this whole brand that was around like SPF and Island Loving and all these things because you see her out vacationing or you could tell that's her lifestyle, right? But it's very hard, again, to know the intentions of someone who is a celebrity. Like, are you just doing this because an incubator believes that you'd be the perfect face and they know that they could create a new product through your face? Or are you doing this because this is something that you were interested in? I had a conversation this week with a famous person about brand extensions, sort of like a shoot the shit kind of conversation. And I asked them, do you want to do this because you want to create something that's like a legacy? Like that is something that you'll like be known for as part of your resume, your your life's work. Do you want to create something that's like a little jewel box of a brand that it's just this like little passion project or do you want to just make a ton of money and the person didn't really have an answer to that but to me that should inform it have you tried any of the other celebrity brands even the last few years that you're into besides the harry styles i haven't tried anyone here i've tried keys by alicia keys apparently doing really well Yeah, I actually imagine that's doing well. I thought the packaging was beautiful and you could tell it was more than just, oh, I'm going to put my face on this. This is another fuck, marry, kill situation. This week, it was announced that Space NK, the luxury British beauty retailer, was going to have shop and shops this summer at 250 Walmart stores. And so this, of course, is joining 
like all the other big box retailers who have these luxury shopping shops. So that's now Sephora is in Kohl's, Alta is in Target, now Space NK is in Walmart, and then 13 Loon, which is a startup that's mostly Black-owned brands, is in JCPenney. And remember that Sephora used to be in JCPenney's, no? They were. They exited so they could... And that, I think, was pretty floppish for them. Yeah. But if you were the Midwest girl, like when I lived in Buffalo, which is not the Midwest, but I'm from Buffalo, I did notice and I did go around that Sephora in JCPenney's, which then reminds me that there are some girls who don't live around a Sephora, don't even live around an Alta. There are actually more Altas in America than Sephora's. And so it does serve that Midwest girl who may be... Totally. I think all these plays, to your point, it's more about geographic distribution, right? It's about being places like Space NK. That's a huge win for like a store brand that really probably nobody has heard of. We've heard of it because we're in the beauty industry. But if you ask right. a person on the street what Space NK is, they're like, it sounds like a photo studio. Like, I don't know right. what that is. And they're a UK based. Yeah. And I think you're right, too, that like the coastal idea that like it's a brand mismatch. If like a Sephora is in a JCPenney, that's also just not true. It's about, oh, where can I get the products that I want to get? Yeah, exactly. To actually try and test them, which is something I'm still into, despite all of the different ways now you can like try a lipstick, I guess, online through AI or through tech. But another point I wanted to bring up too around all of this is that ultimately I feel that a lot of this coupling up that we're seeing is also like to combat and to think of the the big competition, which is ultimately Amazon. And this is more connecting it to beauty supply stores, but I think is still relevant within this conversation is that Amazon has such a monopoly, right, on product, delivery, systems, everything. Yeah, there are a lot of things I can buy from Sephora, but also they're on Amazon as well. And you know you're going to get them in a day or, or whatever it may be. But also my TikTok algorithm is constantly showing me women who have decided to forfeit the expensive wigs, the expensive extensions, and are buying those products on Amazon. And I think that that is only going to continue to expand when we think about accessibility, which is what ultimately I think a lot of this pairing up is about. That was also, you know, a symptom of COVID, right? Alta was shut down, Sephora was shut down. They had to figure out how to get beauty products to people when their stores could not be open. And so that paired with also the biggest competition, which to me is Amazon, is like something I think we should always keep in the forefront of our minds because somebody else on the marketing team or another department is like thinking about Amazon as competition. Yeah, Amazon's been a huge topic of conversation because I I have a company too that we sell products and we, yeah, talked about Amazon a lot because it's almost, Amazon is probably like a good comparison is it's like the Google of physical product, right? Right. If you want to buy something, you would just search it on Amazon and like you're probably going to find what you're looking for and you can probably get it within 24 hours like you were saying. I think that there's like a few categories that don't work on Amazon and I think like beauty Mm -hmm. is interesting because it kind of straddles the two things. It's like this luxury, more of a lifestyle purchase that even the whole shopping experience contributes to like how the product makes you feel, which you can't get through Amazon versus like something that is more like of a practical thing. And I think on the practical side of shopping on Amazon, they get a lot of flack for fakes 
or, you know, gray market, gray market, or like, how is this stored? How old is this? Yeah. Has this been returned from somebody else? Like there's no like quality assurance. So it's been this like interesting thing. I think like beauty retailers, maybe they should throw a form of fuel in the fire here to protect themselves from Amazon. But there is a moat, at least in the consumer perception that like you can't get everything that you need in the from the beauty space on Amazon. Well, Amazon just hasn't cracked prestige. They haven't cracked prestige yeah. fashion. They haven't cracked prestige beauty. They've tried, you know, they'll hire some like fancy fashion editor or like some big makeup art, you know, like they'll do these lives or like be like we're launching revive skincare or like natura bisset is now on amazon and it's like i think probably fundamentally because bezos does not give a fuck about fashion or beauty they're probably just not trying to actually figure it out have you seen photos of that man i mean i think he cares about his appearance but i don't think he cares about like (laughs) conquering those industries as much as he does about other because he took out book publishing He's like taking out vitamins and supplements and now you can get your prescriptions from Amazon, like, you know, basic fashion, T-shirts and underwear and stuff like that. Maybe it's just not big enough when you think about it. Like the Hanes T-shirt market is bigger than the like $20 mascara market. But Annie, I thought your points were interesting around how they haven't cracked beauty. But I still think that there's something around like simple stuff. There's something about the beauty supply in Amazon, which mm. is beauty that is not prestige, right? Like, like tools. It's not, like, yeah, like the combs, the shower caps, the grease that's been around forever, the edge control. like What you can get at a Sally Beauty. Like yeah, that like idea. nail supplies. I get like all my like little like foot buffers on Amazon that you buy mm-hmm. in like 20 pack and you throw away after. If anything, I think that they're probably coming for the brick and mortar beauty supply. Which sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it does, actually. And, like, beauty manufacturers and suppliers should be paying attention to that because as we are also starting to see the rise of more Black-owned beauty supplies, you also notice that it's very essential for many of them to still, whatever they have in stock in the beauty supply, they also have a website where they're selling it, I have noticed, online. Like, my LA beauty supply I like to go to, they also have an online store and... I think there's going to be a lot of tussle with that and what Amazon's going to decide to do. What's your LA beauty supply? I like to go to Beauty Bees. It's Beauty B-E-E-Z in North Hollywood. And I just love the experience. Honestly, it's not as cluttered. It feels more curated. And it's also a place where you can like find a great wig or you can get a wig installed. There are a few things I think they do around lashes and things of that nature. Don't quote me on that, but they do have a few beauty services. Cool. Okay. So Soho House is launching a skincare brand called Soho Skin. Nick, what's Soho House for my mom? Oh, God. Soho House is a members club that started in London and expanded worldwide. They have a bunch of houses in New York and LA. And famously, in like the early aughts, they like kicked out all of the bankers because it was this like cool celeb artist private club, just like chic Anna Delvey vibes. And then all the bankers got in and ruined the vibe. And so they kicked out all the bankers and tried to like reclaim their original point of view and purpose. And now they're launching skincare. I mean, I've, have you ever tried those cow shed products that they have for body? They're not good. Nick, I've never stepped foot into a Soho house in my life. Really? 
Soho House describes their skincare line, which is called Soho Skin. I can't think of a worse name for a skincare brand than Soho Skin. They describe it as, quote unquote, genderless and developed by professionals, but influenced by the advice and suggestions from Soho House members. (laughs) There's nothing that could turn me off to (laughs) a product more, I think. Huge turnoff. Question, are you guys members at Soho House? No. No judgment. I got rid of my membership. Me too. I think I I did it in New York because it was near my apartment so I could go work out of it. And then in LA, they're just not cool at all. Yeah. I mean, getting warehouse helped, but I think ultimately I just became uninterested with the entire experience of it. I also didn't like the fixes they made around the app and how you were allowed to let guests in is far less personal. Also, the menu never changes. Is this a cafeteria? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I needed to say that. No, I agree. I have a theory that every single restaurant in Los Angeles has the same back kitchen. Hear me out. (laughs) The exact same menu, the exact same food is served, and this is very LA specific, Sunset Tower, Craig's, the Beverly Hills Hotel, Chicone's, Soho House. It's like a kale Caesar salad. It's a crudite that's not even that, like a plate of vegetables and stuff that's not even that good. That's so interesting that you're saying that because I actually think LA has better food than any city. Oh, I don't agree. With the exception of Mexico City that I've frequent. Well, Nick, I think that you're right in that the menus have become just very homogenous. Like, I know I'm going to see a compachi crudite. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm going to see the kale salad. I know I'm going to see the burger, the Impossible Burger alternative. I mean, I could go on yeah. and on, you know, the burrata with the persimmons. Like <laughs> Enough burrata and persimmon. I don't want it. So we don't want Soho House skincare. There's one other skincare that Color Me Interested, which launched this week, which was Airwan, launched their first in-house skincare brand. Tell me why you're interested in that. I think I hear you. I'm interested to see how they came to it, to see like whether they actually created original formulas or whether they like white-labeled existing natural formulas. I just think that Airwan has been kind of smart in the way that they've expanded. Like They could have been in New York by now, and they just didn't. They haven't. And it's just like, it's so, they don't have any sense of humor about how out of <laughs> They actually touch. have zero sense of humor, don't they? They are. <laughs> no, I know. That's, that's so saying. true. So like in the skincare line, they talk about the entire collection is bottled in Myron violet glass to help protect and charge the precious plant botanicals. And every product is infused with love, light, and high vibrational energy. And they're not saying that ironically. No. <laughs> What honestly piqued my interest in Erewhon coming out with skincare was that when you look at their beauty health aisle, it is pretty, I mean... Bad. (laughs) It's pretty bad, but also it is very them, right? It's like you can tell that they definitely have guidelines around what they decide to put in there. It's incredibly expensive. So it matches everything. You know, it makes sense within the store. They do have somebody who assists you if you need help with like supplements or skin or whatever it may be. 
And so for me, I was like, yeah, they're going to be able to make a skincare brand and also make it very expensive, right? Because they know they're cu- they've already gotten away with robbery. I pay $20 for a Green Goddess smoothie there <laughs> every time I'm in right. LA. And it's the best. I have to say it is the best $20 that I spend while I'm there. And that's the part, mm-hmm. right? Is it's like, oh, actually, it's good. <laughs> and... I try to go with a mission because if not, you end up like Target, right? But I like their soups and I do like that it's a place where you can go and just like pick up stuff that you know is good and organic and like not crappy for you if you're on a run. But I would have to know more about the inner workings of this skincare brand. I agree. Now I feel like we've talked about the news. It's time to invite you into what we always say is our favorite segment, but it's really just our only other segment. That is in every episode, which is product of the week. So my product of the week is something that I actually did order from Ulta. Probably three times a week, I go into my Ulta app and my Sephora app and I sort by new and see what all these other brands are doing. That's a good life hack. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I'm giving away all my best secrets. I've never tried anything from this brand before, but maybe I should try more because I was completely blown away. Everybody always asks what I use for my hair. And I always tell them I usually use like the love line from Dobbinez. I only have been shampooing really. Sometimes I'll do a conditioner, but I'm like a broken record. I like don't innovate on my hair care routine. But I saw this product. It's from the brand Not Your Mother's. I think it's a really corny name, by the way. Is that like the same as the one who make the jeans? (laughs) I don't know. That's what I always thought too. The brand is called Not Your Mother's. Wasn't that also like a Tiffany campaign recently? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with our mothers? Anything? Like, our- <laughs> I know. They actually know best. Yeah. I am my mother's daughter. Like, don't bring my mother into this. Yeah, I agree, actually. Anyway, so regardless of the brand name, this product caught my eye. It's called the Smooth Moves Lameller. I don't know why it's called Lameller. I don't know where this word comes from. It's L-A-M-E-L-L-A-R. Hair rinse. It says two times more shine. I have no idea what this means. I've never used a hair rinse before. (laughs) Two Um, times more (laughs) shine than you had before than other products. It has hyaluronic acid. I don't know what I actually I don't know what made me add to cart. Maybe it was the weird <laughs> squeeze bottle like format. It has a little needle nose oh, it's like a top. Good, yeah. Oh yeah. So I was good. like, what is this? So it's a clear <laughs> liquid, and down the side of the bottle, there's like a clear panel with notches. The notches represent dose size. And so it tells you like shampoo your hair in the shower, squeeze all the water out, and then put one to two doses of this like clear liquid. It's like maybe a little bit thicker than water into your hair. Leave on for two minutes. By the way, it'll feel warm. I'm like, what the fuck? And then you lather it out of your hair and rinse. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, what? What? So I had to try it. What does it do? It makes your hair so shiny and manageable and gorgeous. Like, people I see regularly, like, saw me the first day I used it and were like, you look really good today. And I just used this product. I have to try this immediately. It's incredible. And it's $8. Oh, my God. And then I saw Kerastase, or it's $9, sorry, $9. And then I saw Kerastase the same week. I don't know if they're the same parent company, use the same lab. I don't know what's going on. Released a similar product. It's this weird warming shampoo shine rinse. Just try it. You're going to like, it's going to blow your mind. And what did you do after you put this treatment in? Did you then condition or? I used it instead of conditioner. 
I have to try this immediately. Like I didn't use it today. So it's, I would say my hair is a little bit frizzier and more matte than like it would be if I had used this. I'm telling you, I don't know where it came from. It just dropped out of nowhere. Never heard of a rinse before. Unless it was like a color rinse. I guess I've heard of people rinsing for color, but that's my story. Everybody go buy it. I'm trying to figure out like who started Not Your Mother's. And it's a woman named Bethany Pagliarulo. What does she know about my mother? So, Darian, what do you have for us? I decided after saying that I didn't use an oil and then did use an oil and went back and forth, I actually, my product for the week is the one <laughs> oil that I do use that does not break me out. Face oil. It's a face oil, yes. And it is by a brand called Trilogy. And I just looked on their website and it looks like they've done a whole rebranding, honestly, because my bottle does not look like the site. <laughs> but they have a balancing facial oil. And whenever I take a facial oil, warm it up in my hands, put it on my face, and the smell is not a 100% delightful smell, I know that this is going to hit. I know it's going to hit because they decided not to compromise on like the like scent hot dog of water smell. Yeah. Or like Garbage. to me, yeah, <laughs> or like there are some oils that I don't like the scent of. I don't like the scent of grapeseed oil and there's grapeseed oil in this, but it's, you know, grapeseed oil is great for the face and something that I think I personally need, but like, I don't enjoy the smell of it, but I continue honestly to use it in this product because I don't know when you don't compromise certain things like with a fragrance or we're going to take this away because people don't like it. That's such a good point because like I am always suspicious of like facial oils or that smell good because I'm like you're picking this based on the smell, not the like efficacy or like the skin benefits. I just feel like it does its job. It's 30 bucks USD. And I think that it just has both a mix of nourishing oils, but it also, I'm reading now, and this is also another reason why I like it, it has a little bit of celic acid in it, which I ultimately just think helps with like clear complexion or even like with little breakouts. And so it's not like an exfoliating type of vibe where it's serving as another exfoliator, but it can just tell it's a great formula that has taken into account like this is a facial oil probably for someone who breaks out a lot. This is what you would put on after a serum? Like, what are the layers? Yeah, I feel like this is my final step. So after I put on my serum, my two moisturizers that I do, I will try to seal my routine with this oil if I'm not doing it with Vaseline that night. Vaseline is like when my skin, I don't know how you experience the weather here in LA or how dry your skin is, Nick, but my skin is really yeah. dry out here. So I'm always looking for moisture. Fair enough. Okay, so my I'll make my product of the week quick because you guys have really good products of the week. But my product of the week are the flower that are currently in season. And they mm. are the most beautiful flower. If you like love a Inez and Venude picture of a flower, you know how they do those beautiful like Dutch still life inspired flower portraits? That's what these flowers are. They have like a very windy stem and these beautiful almost like a cross between like a poppy and a rose and they come in like all the colors of the rainbow they're in season only for like a month or two i bought so many of them at the farmer's market this last weekend but they have them at whole foods in the front where the flowers are at least in the ones in la but they're not grown in la so i assume they have them wherever you can find a whole foods 
but they are beautiful and they last for like two weeks. And what's better than fresh flowers in your house to like elevate the mood? Fresh flowers is a hack to seem fancy. Yes, it is. It makes you feel like you're living a fancy life when you have fresh flowers and it's what? Fifteen dollars. What's the name of this flower again? I didn't even know the name until recently. Ranunculi, R A N U N C U L U S. Ranunculus. I, I maybe I'm like pluralizing it when it shouldn't be. Ranunculus. They, they kind of look like drunk peonies. Yeah, like, they're, like, they're like a peony that it's like been or at like a, a Harry style. Like, if yeah. Harry Styles were a flower, they're like yeah. Twisting. <laughs> they bloom in the early spring to the beginning of summer. They're just the most beautiful flowers, and I there I've been saying ranunculi, but that is actually not the plural form of ranunculus. I think ranunculus is. But do yourself a favor and just go get some fresh flowers, particularly these ranunculus. And pro tip: take all the leaves off and just let the stems kind of like be sculptural and weird. And that's my product of the week: a new flower. I think that's great. Like pro tip. Darian, thank you so much for joining us. People can find you at Darian, D-A-R-I-A-N on Instagram. You're working on a book that will be available soon. It's an art book coming out through the Chronicle Books imprint Chroma that is a collection of 50 Black women icons across her story. So 50 Black women who are icons across discipline. It is being illustrated by a friend and artist, Monica Awano, and I am really excited about it. I'm writing the 50 bios, and it's really been a joy to work on. So I'm excited. That's really what's been consuming my time. When will this book, do you think, if you had to, like, you know, roughly when will it come out? Fall. It comes out in fall. And I also am newly the beauty editor at large for LA Times, Image Magazine, their new culture magazine. And I'm excited about that. And yeah, so have some good stuff going on for sure. I love it. And your newsletter, Beauty IRL, which here's hoping you revive it for 2022. I know. I absolutely will. Thanks again for joining us. And we will be back next week without Darian, unfortunately. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Darian. Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our theme music is by Danny Presant, and our album art is by Simon Abronowitz. You can find us on Instagram at Eyewitness Beauty. You can find us on Patreon, also Eyewitness Beauty. Yeah. Don't look for us on Twitter. We're not really doing it. We We're haven't really posted since like 2019. Twitter, but please actually rate and review and subscribe yeah, to us we on really Apple like Podcasts. We haven't gotten a new review in a long time, and it bums us out. Bye. Bye.